Hello everyone, welcome to episode 4 of Sports and Spice. I'm your host Charlie Walker. Uh, today I'm going to have my father on because as we know, uh, today is Father's Day and I have heard a lot of feedback that we worked well together so I thought why not, let's give it another shot. Um, so today um, I'm going to talk about a little bit about um, the NBA Finals and the results of that. We're going to talk about our favorite team, Utah Jazz, and then some controversial topics and just some other things that kind of relate to my dad. So first, we're going to talk about um, the NBA Finals. But first, I got to introduce my dad again. So dad, welcome back to Sports and Spice. Meow, meow. This is Charlie's dad, Tom. Yep, my dad likes his cat noises. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's for my granddaughters, Ruby and Lou. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. Uh, before we move on, just because he said that, uh, so we were deciding, because um, Ruby and Lou are my sister's uh, daughters. And when Ruby was born, uh, my parents were trying to figure out what they were going to call themselves. And my dad, they were going to plan on calling them Pops, correct? It was Pops? I think it was Pops. It was Pops. And I was not all in on Pops. I got to be honest. I was like, eh, that's, that seemed a little weird. But Ruby instead gave him the name Baba. So oh, she called him yeah. Baba, and Baba is a great name. Baba, B-A-B-A, B-A-B-A. And she calls uh, Chrissy, my mom, Grammy. So it's Baba and Grammy, but I don't know. Baba is really cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's go to the NBA Finals. So as we witnessed on Thursday, the Warriors beat the Celtics in pretty big fashion in Boston, winning the series 4-2. to two. Um, how did you feel about this outcome? Well, I gotta be honest. I, I, I said this the last time we talked, Charlie. There's only one team I like less <laughs> than Golden State, and that would be the Brooklyn Nets. So they are my second, second least favorite team. And, I, and you know what? Boston was the better team. Boston had the better starting five. Really, if you really look at it, turnovers killed them, and they got too tired. They went through so many good teams. I think by the time the fifth and sixth game were going on, they were spent. Boston has got to get a better bench. Their starting five is great. Their bench, not so much. Well, their bench was pretty... Pretty good until they hit the finals. And then that's when we kind of figured out that they weren't that great. Like, Derek White had a great first game, but after that, he wasn't much of a factor. But the thing that's interesting is I agree with my dad. It felt like Boston was the better team, but really... Better starting five. Better starting five, but going into, everyone thought that they were going to be the better team. And it felt like that for at least the first three games. But... And those last um, three games, the Warriors just played with more intensity, and I was very surprised because I felt like Boston throughout the season and throughout the playoffs played with the most intensity. But the Warriors got in their head, 
and especially Tatum's. Tatum, he's got to make up for himself next year in the playoffs. He did no. He well, I can't say that he had a really good playoffs, but he's got to he's got to step up if he makes it that far. He didn't step up to the stage, and someone that did step up to the stage was Andrew Wiggins, and surprisingly, he was incredible. He's a he was their best defender on the team in that. Um, honestly, the playoffs. I'm gonna say that. I think it's true. Do you think uh, Boston got tired? <laughs> it seemed like they got tired. It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it seemed like they got tired, and like you said, they were turnovering. The they had a lot of turnovers, and yeah, they're called like the refs weren't giving them that great of calls, but they were complaining like crazy, and it, you could just tell that they were not happy about the situation. It wasn't going their way. And it was just going the Warriors' way. And Stephen Curry took control. Um, he didn't play great in, uh, what was that game? It was game... Four. Game four? No. Five. Game, game five. five. But in game six, he played great. And if he should hit in those threes, they're, like, impossible to beat. And not only that, uh, he's super quick, and he was just getting around his defenders. And, like, my dad said they got tired. Curry's probably one of the hardest people to guard, and he they... They just got tired trying to stay with him. He's too fast. He's always running. That's the thing about the Warriors. Their offense is always in motion. In motion. Like Boston, if you're watching, um, a lot of it was not. A lot of it was just isolation. But yeah. the Warriors are always moving. Curry, Thompson, Poole, you name it. They're always moving. They're always setting screens. Their offense is honestly beautiful as a uh, fan. Well, let's we not, gotta simmer down a little bit about let's that. But not go I don't. I think their offense is really good. So you know what else, Charlie? And I was surprised, but Steve Kerr owned. I I, for, I have a hard time saying the Boston coach's name, it, but talk Udoka. about huh? Udoka. Yeah, sure. Talk about the pairing there, man. Kerr. How did he totally out-coach that Boston? Well, the thing that's interesting is Kerr now, let's see, he had the five. How many championships did he have Michael Jordan? Five? Well, I don't I mean, Kerr having those championships with Jordan would be like my my pinky toe on my foot. Like, come on. (laughs) What? Come on. Really? Okay. I mean, he was just on the team. It's true. He was. He was just... And he made a shot or two. He hit uh, some big shots. Come on. One or two. Okay. Against the Jazz, he hit one Yeah, one or two. But come on. All those together added up. You could probably say two. But how many does he have? He has a bunch. I think it's five. I might be wrong. Jordan has five? Yeah. So he has five. And now Kerr has four as a coach. So basically, that's pretty good. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I was all, um, another thing that is we got to look at is, yeah, the Warriors are great. In the championships they won before this, they kind of were an overpowered team. But this team this year honestly wasn't that overpowered. Did you feel it that way? Hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, man. This, In my opinion, this was the least dominating Warriors team. And so it gives me hope. That they're not going to win that again. That's true. And like we said, like we're not going to try to be biased, but... I'm totally <laughs> biased. Right. Dad, my dad's like biased. But um, their dynasty is still going, and we'll see next year what happens. 
But I honestly think a big reason their dynasty won is still going is because they picked up Wiggins. And I don't think anyone thought Wiggins would be that great of a pickup. In fact, people are talking about the Warriors were in trade rumors about that they wanted to trade Wiggins, but there's no way in heck that they're going to want to trade. Hey, can we get Wiggins? There's can no- the Jazz get Wiggins? <laughs> uh, honestly, that'd be nice, but there's no way they're going to try to tra- they're going to trade him now. He literally locked up every person he played. Well, yeah. I Especially we- Luca and Tatum. He locked them up. Oh, he did. And I he we w- trade for honestly Wiggins. was the second best player on the team. Oh, yeah. And I said we trade. Let's get him on the Jazz. All right. Well, Let's simmer down. There's, I don't know if we can do that right now because That'd be sweet. He, they're not going to trade him. He literally proved himself. He stepped up on offense as well. And like I said, I honestly think he might now be their best perimeter defender. He was amazing. He was amazing. Um, so before we finish up, I kind of want to talk about like the Warriors and what they did in the playoffs. So they beat the Nuggets 4-1. to one. The Grizzlies 4-2, the Mavericks 4-2, and the Celtics 4-2. So in every series, they only lo- like in all the series that they had, the most that games that they lost were only two. So that's pretty good. And also, uh, Curry won a finals MVP. Uh, this is his first finals MVP. Um, in the other years, Iguodala won one, and Durant won the other two. And now he has four rings with the trio, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Um, so before we move on about um, the Warriors, I want to ask my dad a question. And I kind of asked my brother this question earlier this week. But before I say this question, people are kind of starting to compare Stephen Curry to LeBron James just because of the championships. And I don't think yet you can do that. I think what LeBron's done still very high compared to him. But, yes, it's going to start being a conversation. But instead of that conversation, I want to ask you right now, is Stephen Curry the best point guard of all time as of right now? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. And I'll be honest, um, I'm, I think he, they designate him as point guard on their team. But when you watch Golden State play... Doesn't really feel like he is. He, in no shape or form is he a point guard. He um, runs around, goes through screens, and gets open and is constantly moving. He is the best shooter. He's probably the best shooter ever. But he does not. He does not have a ton of assists or those kind of things. And in fact, when you watch him play. Draymond Green is the is the one that passes the ball. He passes it to Thompson. He passes it to Curry. He passes it to all it's of kinda them. Kind of like a point forward. He is like a point forward. I I have a hard time saying that Steph Curry is a point guard, and that's what he's on. That's what he's classified on the team. So I, I'm I'm saying Steph Curry is probably the best shooter of all time, but. I don't think I don't think he tells us the team where to go position wise or on the court the general or any of that. I just think he's an incredible shooter and he's a winner. He is a winner. Yeah, but another thing to look at too, Dad, is like yeah, that's what point guards do. But at the same time, point guards are kind of like 
I don't know, like to kind of like lead the team when they're on the, the court. And I would say Curry does that pretty well, especially because he, the defense is always on him. And like he, because of that, he creates people to be open oh, in that point. way. That's a good so, point. Chuck Daddy with a good point. <laughs> so Stephen Curry, his position is a point guard, which I kind of agree. I, But that's how today's NBA is. There's a lot of point guards that probably honestly wouldn't be point guards. But just because his position is a point guard, Okay, so is he... so we look at John Stockton and Magic Johnson. All right. Okay. Those those two are right, like uh, just incredible point guards. They dribble Honestly, the ball. Honestly, another up, good point. They passed. They could drive. They could shoot. No doubt, they led the team. Like Stockton or Magic Johnson, if a guy was not in the right position, he would. You could tell, like like he would. They would point to him like, you need to be over here. You need to be over there. They knew the whole court. They knew what was going on. They led the team that way. In my mind, that's a point guard. Okay. I don't think Steph Curry does that. Okay. I understand. Uh, maybe it's more my generation, but I I do think that Stephen Curry's at least cemented itself in probably the top... What do you think? Top eight? Top seven? Yeah, all t- he's probably the best shooter ever. I mean, uh, and just because of that, you yeah, yeah, make your way. And now he's got four championships. In I don't know how old he is, but he's I don't think he's that old. And, and you said about LeBron, and I'll be real fast because you want to talk about other things. But okay, so Steph Curry's the greatest shooter, right? For sure, and he's got four rings now. He's got four rings. one Finals MVP. Okay, and let's just let's just be clear. He's had a lot better teams. Than LeBron. But this year was a little impressive. This team, this year was impressive. He did lead the team. The team wasn't as good, in my opinion. The, how many, like, if you look at overall assists, LeBron kicks him in, you know what, in assists. Uh-huh. Rebounds. Rebounds. Points per game. Defense. Come on. I mean, overall, to True. compare those two. Um, and I'll be honest. Curry's defense might have gotten a little better, mm-hmm. but when you watch them play, the other team always screens so that Curry ends up guarding the guy who is going oh, for to, sure. to or, dribble or drive. Or Jordan Poole. Or, or shoot. Because Jordan Poole's not good either. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, you know, you said we're trying not to be biased. I am biased <laughs> for LeBron. But to say... But to compare those two to me is a little is a stretch. Oh, I'm not comparing them, I, I, but people are comparing them, yeah. and I I think that's just how our world works now. Is people do championships, but if you're doing championships, Michael Jordan technically is not the best player. It's Bill Russell, you know. Oh yeah. But people don't forget about Bill Russell because yeah. it was a long time ago. But championships, people look at a lot. But I also think people should look at. The career stats, and that's how you should compare people. I still think LeBron and Michael Jordan are very comparable, but Stephen Curry is not in that conversation yet. If Curry wins maybe one more, two more, well, they won the same amount, and so I mean, that's Golden where it gets, State fans uh-huh. are gonna say we like, we think he's as good. Yeah, but so, and they kind of have a little bit. They have an argument. They do, but like I said, if Curry wins one more, two more, and LeBron stays at four, then the conversation could get a little more tight. All right, enough about the Warriors. Um, now it's time to talk about 
the home team of Utah, the Utah Jazz. Uh, the Jazz announced their new jerseys last Friday. A lot of mixed uh, feelings about these jerseys. Um, but the interesting thing about their announcement of the jerseys is they focused on the purple being back. And for those who have not seen the jerseys, the, the, they're going to wear the purple mountain jerseys. Um, the jerseys that Stockton and Malone wore in the 90s. That's correct, right? In the 90s. Or 80s. I think, yeah. It, they wore them when they played Michael Jordan. And they're honestly probably our best jersey and they're beautiful. But the Jazz also uh, have announced these new colors, which are white, black, and yellow. So there's uh, three new jerseys. There's a black and yellow one, a yellow and black one, and a white, like, black-yellow one. Um, so I took a poll to see what my followers thought about the jerseys. And I was actually very surprised. 35% uh, said they look good. 33% say they are plain, and 33% uh, said we will learn to live with them. And I, when I took this poll, honestly, I am got mixed feelings about the jerseys. I think the color concept's not that bad. I just think that the jerseys are a little plain. There's not much on them. Um, and that's why I have that uh, part, we will learn to live with them, because I'm sure down the road we'll be like, honestly, they're just our jerseys, and we're then we'll start to like them down the road but after like more and more time thinking about it I kind of I'm starting to like I, I'm not like saying I love them but I'm starting to like them more because I keep looking at the court that they have so they're gonna have two courts they're gonna have the court with uh, the that's like old school so like that's where the, and they're gonna play with the purple jerseys and now they're gonna have a new court and they're calling it like the remix the court in these new jerseys and the court is really cool and it just looks like really new and it's got like the black jazz note in the middle and then there's like a chrome jazz note like that's kind of like around the not around the whole court but like it kind of goes through it and that's why i think it's gonna look really cool and the jerseys like i think are gonna stand out really well in that court so i think at home will look honestly pretty good when we're away i'm not sure we're gonna look little weird i think when we're away but i do think that our jerseys are going to stand out the colors are very like the yellow one's very bright and it, they're calling it spotlight and i think the black one's going to be actually really cool and honestly i'm starting to like them like i said at first i didn't like them but a lot of people <laughs> i've heard on the media are very angry and not fans and one of them i'm pretty sure is my dad yeah, so here, here I've done a ton of reading on this, Charlie. So, as we are all in on on the jazz, the walkers, boom, baby, boom, 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 jiggity, boom. We are so in on the jazz. So this is a big deal. This is like a a family event, uh, stuff like this. Uh, and you know, I think Ryan Smith wanted to. He wants to kind of put his stamp on the team. for sure. And he deserves to do that. Mm -hmm. And so um, they come out and uh, we hear black and white and yellow. And then Charlie, for like the past two weeks, has been showing me uh, like a sneak peek of the jerseys. And I said to him, there's absolutely no way those can be the jerseys. 
No way. I mean, those are bad. Well, guess what? Guess what, Charlie? They were exactly the same. They were the jerseys. And um, they look like practice jerseys. The yellow and black jersey look like practice jerseys. How about adding a little trim? The trim would I'm, be nice. I'm just telling you, 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 you accent the trim. Okay, the Lakers jerseys are, I mean, all yellow. The Celtics jerseys are all green. They get away with it, though, because the jerseys have trim around it. I'm just saying, add a little trim. And the yellow ones are so bright, I think they're going to glow in the dark. <laughs> they're going to glow in the dark. No? <laughs> Maybe. So, I was like, okay. And I really read this. The only reason the purple ones came back is because they did some t uh, fan testing of these black, yellow, and white ones. No one liked them. And so, they're like, holy, holy, you know what? I, we got to do something. So... They brought back the purple ones because they knew, you know, the Jazz were good with the purple ones. And so when they're like, purple is back, that's to be like, oh my gosh, we got to help the fans. That's what I've been reading, Charlie. But, okay, right? So I've been really down on them. The jerseys, oh my word. But I've been thinking a lot. Charlie's super positive. Charlie is so positive in his thinking. And he's finally been like, Dad, we just got to be all right with the jerseys. So I'm like, okay, the jerseys are horrific. They're horrible. But really doesn't matter. Not really. I don't know if it really matters. Let's say they get a good coach and they have a good team next year. And they win a lot. And they win a lot. Uh, you really know what? I'm probably going to get like a black shirt, yeah. jazz shirt, maybe even a yellow hat. Uh-huh. So what's more important? They kind of blew. They For kind sure. of they blew the jerseys, right? I mean, on a scale of one to ten, I gotta be honest. Except for the purple ones, the other ones are probably three. I do think you. Some people are being hard on them. I think when you guys see them on the home court, they're gonna look a lot. Okay, than okay, but so let's say that. But a lot. Of, I mean, come on, they're rough. And so <laughs> let's just say though that they get a good coach and a good. Team, yeah. a good product. Yeah, it's not really gonna matter. And if we're good, people aren't gonna be buying jerseys. Um, hey, I'll tell you what. Maybe I should buy Mama. You know, uh, Chrissy is also known as Sita, so maybe we should buy Sita one of those yellow warm-up outfits. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> She'd be looking spicy in that one, Char. Uh, all, right, all right, all right. She'd be looking good. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so, I read an article, two different ones I'm going to talk about. The first one was negative about these new colors. Uh, Andy Larson wrote a very harsh article about these jerseys. Whoa, that guy does, that guy does not get around. He was if not. He feels some way. He was harsh. Ooh. And I don't know if it was his way he's feeling or he's just like, I'm just going to send it because people are feeling this way. But he was saying that Quinn wanted the colors to be white and black. And that was like his main focus. But Nike and the NBA were saying you can't do that because Brooklyn and San Antonio have those colors. So they said you can add one more color. So uh, Ryan. You meant Ryan Smith. I said Quinn on accident. Yeah, Sorry. Ryan. Ryan Smith. Um, he 
chose this yellow color. That's a very bright yellow. And now we have... Uh, these... It's like highlighter yellow. You know, you highlight... It's not as highlighter. Color. It's it was more yeah. highlighter on those, like, leak things I showed you. It's pretty highlighter. It's not as highlighter as I thought it would be. It's, like, just kind of like a really, really bright yellow. It's bright. But, um... So, basically, Andy was saying that these... Uh, like my dad said, I showed him this leaked photos, and a lot of NBA fans were like, what the heck? Hopefully these aren't it. All across the country. And um, basically, he thinks that um, Ryan and the Jazz organization saw that people were like, what the heck? What have we done? Um, they're like, we need to do something. So they weren't even planning, supposedly, on announcing these purple mountain jerseys back, but they kind of had to to keep jazz fans um, at least a little bit excited about the jerseys. And who got a who got a purple jacket? Not a jacket. I I I did I was going to talk about that. Oh, sorry. Um but anyways, uh basically like I said, their focus on the announcement on Friday wasn't about the new jerseys. It was hashtag #purple is back. And that's why things are this article's kind of interesting about what it's saying is basically they're trying to say purple is back and will stay. And yes, they're saying that, but at the same time, we have these new colors. So as a jazz fan, unlike our uniforms, we're now a little confused. What, like, are we going to stay now black and yellow and white for like most of the years? Or are we going to be purple after these jerseys are done? And the thing that's interesting, the reason we changed these jerseys is because Dwayne Wade's mom... <laughs> Was uh, like, uh, Dwayne, uh, what colors are the Utah Jazz? And Dwayne Wade and his mom were kind of like, honestly, I don't know what our colors are. But now we're still kind of in the same boat. We have yellow, black, white, and purple. So it's not as bad, We have, but it's kind of in the same boat. But I am excited that purple's a stain. Like my dad said, I did go on the Jazz team store, and there's actually some really cool clothing and I got a purple, well, it's, on, it's away, but I got a purple shirt with a white jazz note. Um, and one thing I want to say before we move on about the jerseys, and I was listening to a podcast, and it opened my eyes and my brain a little more about the concept of these colors, is that I guess the newer generation, um, people that are younger like the colors and yeah they might not look great on like jerseys but they look really good on shirts and sweatshirts and clothing and i guess people are saying quinn made it probably ryan. did these colors so that instead ryan, ryan ah keep saying quinn ryan um ryan smith did these colors so that people don't have to buy jerseys and they feel more comfortable about wearing jazz clothing so now you have the purple um, clothing, you have black clothing, white clothing, yellow clothing. And I heard yesterday the Jazz Team store was popping. There was people that are all over buying stuff. So and we do have a black. I have a black shirt. and white. Yeah. And honestly, it looks really good. Yeah, it does. So honestly, from a perspective like that, I guess people are going to be wearing more like shirts and t-shirts and sweatshirts and pants of these jazz colors, which is kind of cool. And I 
think it is probably leads more to a younger generation, like black, yellow, and white are colors that they like. I don't know if you've heard about that, but I heard that, and I thought it was kind of cool. That is really interesting. I'm old, so I, I won't follow that mm -hmm. kind of chord. Um, so now we're going to move on to NBA coaches um, for the Jazz as they are looking through their process. I saw a tweet go out. I don't think it's true, but some dude's like, they're already moved on to the second round of the process. And the coaches he said were Johnny Bryant, Alex Jensen, Will Hardy, and Adrian Griffin. But it was like a source I don't trust at all. And I trust Tony Jones a lot. And Tony Jones is like, I haven't heard anything. So I'm trusting him. So I'm not even gonna say that's the final coaches that have been chosen so dad what coach out of the ones have been interviewed i'm not give you two you have to say two out of, what are two coaches out of the interviews that you've seen um, so i for sure 100 percent am back in alex jensen okay alex jensen went to bountiful high school he played for the university of utah his team won, he was on the Final Four team uh, that played in San Antonio um, and lost in the finals to Kentucky. I went. It was amazing. Alex Jensen is a great coach and deserves a chance. And um, he's been with the Jazz. He was with the Jazz before Snyder. He's still with the Jazz. I just don't understand why we don't give him a chance. His name might not be as flashy, but man, I think I think he would be awesome. I want Alex Jensen. The other coach that I would be really interested in would be that guy, um, Charty, and I, I'm not sure his name, but the one for Miami. Heat. I think his name's Chris Quinn. Chris Quinn. He's I really like Miami, uh, the way Miami runs their program. And so I think he'd be real good because he's been with Miami for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting you say that. Um, I'm also going to say coach, two coaches I would choose if I was Ainge. The first one actually is Chris Quinn. I think what Miami's done is definitely not really shown in the world, but what they've done is incredible. And like I said in my earlier podcasts, they haven't had really great draft picks. All these people have been G League players, and they've just developed them to be better. It's amazing. And it, I'm sure he knows a ton under Spolstra. Like I said, Spolstra is literally, I think, the best coach in the NBA. So he is my top choice is Chris Quinn. And then my second, um, I'm not really sure. I'm in a confuddle with um, Alex Jensen and Johnny Bryant. I'm not sure out of the two what one I'd rather have. Um, in the podcast I listened, people were saying Johnny Bryant's clearly the favorite because people, because Donovan Mitchell is the focus of the Utah Jazz. And, but this other guy was saying, but Alex Jensen is the future of the Jazz. So he's saying Johnny Bryant could coach, be the head coach. Alex Jensen could be the assistant. Then down the road, Alex Jensen will become the head coach in the future. And like, He's saying that Johnny Bryant wouldn't really be the Jerry Sloan of the Jazz. He would just come, like, coach for a couple of years. But Alex Jensen would be the coach that stays. I don't know if Alex Jensen is going to be okay with that. 
You don't? I don't know. Well, I'm pretty sure they he's under contract still as an assistant. I don't know. Um, I don't know how he would see that. I do think that they get along. I mean, they've been assistant coaches together. But I don't know. I don't know if Alex Jensen would be up for kind of staying where he's at. He might. Uh-huh. That's a good point. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. But honestly, I think a lot of the people that are being interviewed would be end up being great coaches. And I'm just excited to see what they do. If they do do Alex Jensen, I do think we play to a similar style as Quinn Snyder, maybe a little different. Most of the other coaches is going to be a completely different style because Quinn has a, his way of coaching, you know. And Alex will probably follow that a little more than the other coaches. So that's maybe something to look at. Maybe Danny Ainge is looking for a complete change because he kind of does that, you know. He does. He does shake it up. Um. All right. So now I'm going to talk about the NBA draft a little bit. And I took a poll on my Instagram to see if people think the Jazz are going to trade to get a draft pick. And as of right now, they don't have a draft pick. But they've been looking at a lot of people, and they've had people come um, play, and they've been observing um, their talent. So 77% of people said yes, and 23% said no. Um, honestly, I they kind of have to. It feels like they're going to have, not kind of have to, but it feels like they're going to trade for a draft pick. So, so um, and, and I won't say much about this because we've talked about it in the past, Char, but I think that um, there, there, there's all sorts of things going on. Could Gobert get traded, which is kind of sad, but mm, could Conley get traded, I guess. Could bogey get traded i mean they're talking about all sorts of trades and the reason this next week is so important is because a lot of these trades will happen would be um tied to a draft uh-huh. pick and the draft is this thursday yeah and that's why i wanted to, that's why i had this poll because the draft is thursday and if the jazz are trading for a draft pick i think my shirt just arrived <laughs> There's Amazon Prime. Uh, my Jazz shirt, if people are wanting that purple one I was talking about. Um, anyways, if the Jazz uh, do a trade, it's either this week or the day of the draft. Because, at least if they do it for a draft pick. and Which makes the most sense. Cause, and Ainge loves to draft people, so I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to And, the, and there's, al- there's also talk that they might buy in to the second round if they don't. If, if they're Even if it's not a first round, just at least the pick, you know. It, it makes it fun. I mean, kind of boring USA. If You don't have a draft pick. If you don't have a draft pick, I'm like, here's the draft. Oh. For sure. I, I mean, agree. like, I don't even know if. And it makes you more excited to go to, like, summer league games. It's way more fun to have draft picks. And, like, you kind of, like, observe how they did in college. And then you watch them in the summer league and see how they perform. Hey, let me give you an analogy. Uh-huh. It would be like having... Caramel cashew ice cream uh-huh. without the cashews. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? It's very true. Having the draft without being able to draft, no bueno. For sure. Just very saying. Good point. Um, but, so we both think, we both hope yes at least. Oh, yeah. 
For sure. And my dad kind of mentioned some trade rumors, and I'm actually going to talk about some. And one that's been going like crazy this week has been between the Hawks, where the Jazz would trade Rudy Gobert to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Jazz would receive Clint Capella, John Collins, Kevin Herter, and the 16th pick. At least as this is what I think that people are saying the Hawks offer the Jazz. But I don't think the Jazz... The Jazz were saying they need more than that. We need Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. We need Hunter. Do you, do you think, though, in this trade, we just take Kevin Herter out and add Hunter? Or do you think we need more? We got to add Hunter. So, as long as Hunter's in on that... They can make it. If Hunter's not a part of that trade, I don't think the Jazz should do it. Well, because it doesn't, like, I think John Collins is probably the best player in that um, trade. Um, He might, that thing that scares me is we talked about it. He's kind of. They get hurt all the time. And he's kind of crazy. He, you know how there's spicy good way and spicy bad? He might. His past would lead to you to believe that it's he's a little spicy. That rumors have. been people have been saying that at least I think is that well no I not I think you people are saying Collins could be I don't know like he he wasn't great for the Hawks like chemistry chemistry and that's what's scary about bringing him to the Jazz he besides that though he's a great player um I don't think the picks that horrible I do think that I agree with my dad we'd have to get Hunter in the trade because He's got the most potential, and I think that Jazz, that's what the Jazz are saying, and that's what Tony Jones basically said. Tony Jones basically said the Jazz aren't going to do this trade unless DeAndre Hunter's involved. Hey, Tony Jones is the man. I love him. Tony Jones is the man. Yeah. Like, does it not feel like he is jazz usa yeah that's my man if i'm looking for stuff about the jazz that I, guy knows what tony up. jones knows what's up for sure if you if you need anything like if you see anything that you think's like maybe real or, not. or not look up tony jones or another thing you could do if, if woes and shams haven't said trades happening it's probably not happening would you agree? Well, I might take Tony Jones over those two even. At least in the, ja- the jazz. In, jazz. in the Jazz Nation. And then another good one for Jazz followers is Ben McMahon. Ben McMahon. I think it's McMahon. I can't say his McMahon. name. McMahon. McMahon. Uh, he is over the Jazz and he, he does a good job. got a good job. And if a trade half is, is happening. Or Tim? Yeah, well, it might be Tim. Yeah. But. Um, he, uh, if a trade's happening with Gobert, he's for sure gonna know about it because he's like him and Gobert have a good relationship. All right, so dad, um, what player do you suspect suspect that is most likely to get traded this off season for the Jazz? So I'm gonna throw a curveball. <clears throat> okay, everyone's been talking about Gobert. Uh huh. Why trade Gobert? You know what? Well, yeah, learn, we're, we're talking about that. Learn to deal with it. Go Baron Mitchell. Uh-huh. You know, learn uh-huh. to deal with it. Uh-huh. Cope. Life is hard. Figure it out. As sad as it is, because I love his personality. Conley. I think they should. I think we need to look at training Conley. Mitchell's going to be point guard next year. And 
Conley still has a little bit of value. His play went way down in the playoffs. I would I would think maybe we should try and trade Conley. Yeah, I think outside of Gobert and Mitchell, Conley and Bogey are most likely to get traded. And both of them are actually really cool and we saw where we love them as jazz fans, but we gotta do something. And like my dad said, I kind of agree. Why do we have to trade Gobert and Mitchell right now? Like I know I know like we're trying to build around Mitchell and I don't know how if Mitchell and Gobert really have a a really big problem and they they might or maybe it's just the media messing with them. But I don't know. I love Mitchell, but a lot of his open shots come off Rudy Gobert's screens. Well, and I'm like, he's the three-time defensive player of the year. And um, we, he's not that good on offense, but he he totally kind of runs the offense with his screens and gets people open, and he still scores. I mean, how, how do you replace that? Uh, and it, it might be too far down the road, Charlie, and he's his feelings probably have been hurt. And so there's probably a pretty good chance probably, he's going right to get now, traded. Yeah. But why? I, in, like, in me, my dad, and my brother, my, well, yeah, we've talked. And basically all of us said, if the offer is not good enough for Gobert, don't do it. No. And maybe in next season someone gets desperate. And then if they're still struggling, you do something about it. And honestly, probably might get more because Gobert is a very valuable player on any team. And if you don't think that, you're crazy because he is. And he likes it here. He likes it here in Utah. And that's like why he, would we do that? You see him and he's out on the road and he's like hiking up in the in the desert mountains that we have here. And For sure. He, he likes it here. He likes being here in Utah. But the rumors are saying if Mitchell's staying, they can't play together. And Figure it out. But we'll see. We'll How about see. when you and Tr- and Jesse kind of have a problem? What happens? We figure it out. Or you and Lindsay figure it out. You figure it out for sure. What happened when you and Toby, my our dog, for twenty years had a problem? What would you do? You figure it out. You figure it out. It's like uh, I'm just going to mention two players, Kobe and Shaq. I don't think got that along, but they figured it out. You figure it a out. Couple championships. Um. All right. So moving on from trades. And talk about Gobert and Mitchell. So I mean, let's talk a little bit before we move on about the Jazz about Danny Ainge and why he holds the future for the Jazz. So basically, I'm not going to say his name correctly this time. Ryan Ryan Smith brings Danny Ainge in, not to rebuild. There's no. I'm telling you guys right now, Danny Ainge is not here to rebuild. He is here to win. And if he doesn't do it in a couple, in I don't know, like four to five years, we're gonna have to think about what we're going to do. But Danny Ainge is here to bring us a chip. And he's done it before. He's got the experience. And honestly, we just got to have faith that he can do it. And he does hold the future in the Jazz. And if you don't think that's a Jazz fan, I'm telling you right now, he does. He holds the future of the Jazz. And whatever happens goes through him. Um, Zanuck, I'm sure, has a lot of say too. But I do think Ainge has most of the say. And he's going to choose the next coach. He will probably be the person who says, this is a good trade. And if we do draft, he's going to draft the person. Like, he holds the future of the Jazz. And it's 
it's exciting because he we have seen his uh, career as a GM. He's been great in Boston. He's won a chip there with them. And this year they were really close, and he created that team. So honestly, I think overall for the future, I'm not saying this year. I'm a little nervous about this year, but for the future of like the next four to five years, I'm excited, and I think the Jazz will be a contender in the West and in the NBA while he's a GM. So let me just say something about Danny Ainge. I grew up being the biggest Danny Ainge fan. I am so 100% all in on Danny Ainge. He is awesome. And sometimes I read stuff on social media and I'm reading stuff from supposed jazz fans who complain a little bit about Danny Ainge. I'm like, what are you smoking? Do you know why they're complaining? Well, what are you smoking? I mean, Danny Ainge isn't... Danny Ainge coming to help the jazz is out of this world awesome and cool and we are so fortunate that he's doing this for real like there's no one in his role it's true that is better than he is yeah he's great in the whole nba yeah so and get over uh, yourself the nba knows it get over yourselves and jump aboard the nba knows it you know For what sure. I'm saying? Like ESPN knows it. ESPN's always talking about it. He's awesome. Yeah. He, come on. Everyone, join hands. Blue, red, let's go. The reason uh, I'm sure people don't like Ainge is because the BYU-Utah. Get over really. it. But he's... Yeah, he played for BYU, but you don't have to hate him anymore. Just he's it's a he's, long time. He's ago. now with the Jazz. He's a GM, and he's awesome. That rivalry can stay when they're actually playing on the teams at the moment. But right now, like honestly, like a lot of the U, I'm a BYU fan. And there's a lot of Utah players that are in NFL and NBA that I cheer for, like Kuzma. Oh, for sure. Alex Smith when he was playing. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so now we're going to move on to spice, the spice section. And I took a poll about chicken sandwiches. And the reason I took this poll is because my family and I, what was it um, last year? Like last, last summer. Last summer we, it was during COVID. When we you went on the, the adventure of finding the best chicken sandwich. And the poll I took was between Chick-fil-A and Popeyes. And 59% said Chick-fil-A is the best sandwich. And then 41% said Popeyes. And I'm just going to be completely honest. Popeyes sandwich compared to Chick-fil-A's, in my mind, is not even that hard. Popeyes sandwich has way more chicken and I feel like it gives you way more food, and I believe it tastes way better. Chick-fil-A sandwich is small, and it's good. But I honestly think I can eat that thing like two bites. It's so small. And like a Popeye sandwich, after I eat one, I want another one. And I, oh, I forgot. I was going to have this story ready. But there actually has been, <laughs> in the past, um, at a Popeye's, I don't remember where it was, but in the news... I don't remember. It was just like a couple years back that Popeye's ran out of their sandwiches 
and like um someone the last person to order a sandwich got it and the person behind them wanted a sandwich so bad that he killed them like that's how crazy good the Popeye sandwich is like someone actually died over a Popeye sandwich and I just think it's incredible and I think it's better than Chick-fil-A but that's how I feel so yeah we did a spreadsheet Charlie and Jesse and Christy and I did a spreadsheet on chicken sandwiches man it was serious business McKay and Lindsay were involved too let's not leave them out oh yeah so um so okay now, I have to go back and say that we did not go to every place that ha- makes chicken sandwiches. That's impossible. There's a whole bunch of yeah. them. But here's what we found, okay? so Before we move on, uh, the places that we went to weren't like pretty burdened. Like, those are way too like fancy. fancy. We're talking about like fast food chicken sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and like Charlie said, and you know, it's got to be the chicken. There can be some sauce, but it can't be like, uh, you know, like say, um, bacon and tomato and all that stuff. It's got to have, you can have the pickles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like a normal chicken sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. It's big deal. This is, this is serious, intense scientific data I'm bringing to you, Charlie. Okay. Okay. So be honest. Totally out, like whoa. We ate them, and it was like struggle city, USA. Carl's Jr. Char. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it being that good. BK Burger King chicken sandwich wasn't good either. I'm super sorry. I'm super sorry. Those are out. I think out of those two, I did like Carl's Jr. better, if I remember. Yeah, no, those were out of those two. Though. Those two were bad. Okay. Then, really surprising in our poll, KFC. Yeah, actually... In a good, spicy way. no one's had a KFC chicken sandwich, you gotta try it. It's It's, pretty good. It's better than you would think. Way better than you think. I would... So, if you're listening to this podcast, like, it's not gonna be better than Popeye's or Chick-fil-A. But it's pretty good. But, for the price, it's not bad, and it's pretty good. And I think it's at least worth a try, so... Okay, yeah, so we did Chick, Chick-fil-A and Popeye's were both really good. Our testing, which included the size of the chicken, the softness of the bun, all of those things, the quality of the chicken were the best. Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. And really surprising was our first round Zaxby's. Okay, he said first round though. So we went there... And we were very surprised. It was so. It was number one. It was really good. We better were, than Chick Fil A. And be- well, at least you, I said Popeyes, Popeyes was still better. I said Popeyes. It was so. It was, good. but it was good. consistency was not. And we went there again, and it was not good. The second time, and consistency is very important when it comes to food. I, this is really bad to say. I don't want to speak neg- It kind of smelled. Oh, it was so weird. The second time we went there, it kind of smelled. Yeah, we're not probably going there again. Zaxby's wasn't good the second time. You should round. try if you haven't. It. It's not... It's honestly could be very surprising. But like I said, don't go there again. It's so I got to be consistent. honest. Popeye's was number one. Yeah, it is. But... Now, the other day I went to a, Charlie, I went with some friends up to Heber and I had a chicken sandwich at Lola's. 
I might have to take the family up to Lola's. That's got to be on the... All right. It was good. All right. It was really good. If you've been to Lola's or near... want to go to Heber, Utah, go to Lola's for it was a chicken good. sandwich. It was good. But before but, I move on about the chicken sandwiches, sorry if you wanted to say something, but I want to say this. I think that people in Utah are so crazy about Chick-fil-A sometimes. Like, I love Chick-fil-A. I love it. But I bet you if I took this poll in the world, it would be... Popeyes. I don't think it'll be Chick Fil A. Hey, I think Chick Fil A's uh, up their sandwich. I think their sandwich. Okay, it's good. Chicken, it's good. I think it's gotten bigger. I think they really? knew they had to change. I think they've changed it. Maybe they I have. I think it's bigger, but it's not better than Popeyes. Yeah, all right, all right. You cannot talk to me about that. I know a lot of people have tried to tell me Chick Fil A's is better. I literally, every time I go to Popeye's, I have to get two sandwiches because I know after the first one, I'm going to eat a, need a second. Like, that's how good it is. That's how good it is for me. And if you haven't been to Popeye's, you need to go and get that sandwich. And also, if you haven't been to Chick-fil-A, that's insane because <laughs> everyone knows what Chick-fil-A is in Utah. All right. So it is Father's Day. And I did take a poll about who the best dad was. And I wanted it to be kind of fun. I wanted one dad to be from like sports and one dad to be from a TV show, a movie. And my mom put Mufasa in there. And well, she told me to put Mufasa in there. And I actually thought that was pretty cool. So Phil Dunphy was one of them. Mufasa, Clark Griswold, and Archie Manning. So Phil Dunphy is the winner. Of 49%, Mufasa 42%, Clark Griswold 77, not 77, eh, 7%, Archie Manning 2%. And um, I want you guys to hear uh, some quotes from these famous dads. So the first one is Phil Dumphy. I'm the cool dad. That's that's my thing. I'm hip. I, I surf the web. I text. LOL. Laugh out loud. OMG. Oh my God. WTF. Why the face? Um, you know, I know all the dances to high school musical. So we're all in this together. Yes, we are. We're all stars. That means something. You know it. So, Dad, how do you feel about Phil Dunphy, first of all? Phil Dunphy, I think, honestly reminds me a lot of you. Whoa! I'm just going to be honest. Wow! He does. Okay. And No, he Phil Dunphy's a great man, but he does Whoa. remind me a lot of you. I'm going to be honest. That, and I think... That's if, a little No, spicy, I think a lot Chuck. of people would agree with me. I just love Phil Dunphy. I think he's always trying his hardest to be a great parent, and he's... Hey, I do try to be a good Yeah, daddy. and he's really funny, and honestly, it doesn't surprise me that he wins. He's just a very likable person, and I just, yeah, like I said, I, I love him. He's a good man. He is. He, he He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> he is from Utah. I think he has Utah roots. He does. I think he actually owns, like, a restaurant here. Or a bar. Or, like or a bar, used to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And he's always at jazz games. It's cool. So we like Go him. Go jazz. 
I don't remember. I don't remember his real name, in real life, right now. But I'll just call him Phil Dunphy. Yeah, he's funny. All right, here's a quote from Mufasa. This one's a little longer. Father. Simba, you have forgotten me. No. How could I? You have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. You are my son. So that scene, if you don't know, is when Simba is like looking in the water and he looks up and he sees his little, whoops. <laughs> and he sees his dad. And come on, man. Who doesn't, Sorry about that. that. Who doesn't like that movie? YouTube kept playing. That movie's good. Um, But yeah, basically he sees dad and... Honestly, that when he says remember who you are, that's just a great message. Awesome. And I thought I would share that with you. <laughs> All right. The next one is Clark Griswold. We're going to have the best looking house in town, Russ. I've always wanted to do this. It's a lot of lights, Dad. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's a lot of work, too. But if I'm out in the cold and I'm committed to decorating the house, I'm going to do it right and I'm going to do it big. You want something you can be proud of, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Sure you do. <laughs> I think you might be overdoing it, Dad. Russ, when was the last time I overdid anything? Come on, unravel these. All right, so if you haven't seen any of the vacation movies, or if you ha- you need to, but if you have, you know Clark Griswold is the opposite of that. He overdoes everything. Yeah. <laughs> but he is such a funny character. But And it feels like, for the most part, he's trying to have uh, be, a be a good dad. Well, I don't know. Like, he is a good dad. He does some crazy stuff. He's a good stuff. dad, but he's a little spicy. He's a little spicy. But he's always trying to be a good dad, and he's always trying to do something funny to have his kids yeah, laugh yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And the last one is Archie Manning. And for those who don't know, that is Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's father. And actually now he has a young son that's very good, named Archie. That's going to go to college. That's going to go to college and probably be great. I don't have one thing I can, <laughs> advice I can give to Peyton. I think our relationship uh, to father and son has, has been great with all three of my sons because... I don't do X's and O's. Uh, That's just, that's what they have coaches for. Now, every now and then, there's something comes up with uh, business or media or something, they might want to ask my advice, or they'll send me an email, and they'll say, your thoughts. I'm not sure I can guide them in terms of the exact um, perfect answer and the thing to do, but the fact they... So, that was Archie, and he's basically just saying that... Uh, he helped his, uh, 
boys. As boys, as kids, uh, understand football and uh, like love football. But he wasn't their coach. He just tried to give them that love for football. And yeah, so he's a pretty good dad too. All right, so so those were some dads. Like I just like like I asked some people. Those were the <clears throat> the dads that they told me to do on the poll. But <clears throat> dad, who do you think is another like great dad? Like like you, you can talk about your father too. But like I mean like celebrity wise, like movies or real people. So, of course, I would talk about my dad. My dad is so awesome. Such a role model for me. Love him to death. He is what gave me the love for sports. My mom, um, I'm the youngest of seven. My mom kind of got involved in politics and work. So, at a very early age, my dad ended up spending a lot of time with me because my mom was gone more. And uh, so we just loved, a lot of the time that we spent together was involved in sports, tennis, basketball, football, and oh, it's just the, the greatest time. Um, when I think of a celebrity dad moment, I have to think of the Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner movie, one of my all-time favorite movies. And at the very end, the scene... He where uh, build it and they will come, and and he builds that baseball field right, mm -hmm. and he ends up playing catch with his dad, and his dad um, had died. So uh, if you haven't seen the movie, and I'm sure everyone has, they all kind of in a way some ghosts. I don't. How do you how do you explain that? Not ghosts, but people from the spirits. past. Spirits come, and. And Kevin Costner's role plays catch with his dad. That, that's, that's, that is that, really cool. That's so cool. Yeah, he he's a good dad in that movie. And it's cool, like I said, like that dad said, that he plays catch with his father. One dad that came to my mind was the Quiet Place dad. Oh. John Krasinski. And the reason I'm going to say this is the whole time you watch this movie... He's protecting his family. Yeah, yeah. And at the and I'm sorry if you haven't seen this movie. It's not my fault at this point. I'm just going to tell you right now. At the end, he literally has to sacrifice himself to save his children. Yeah. And I think he's just a great father. And what he does in that movie is incredible. And yeah. Um, Dad, <laughs> do you have a quote you want to say or anything? I kind of put you on the spot here. Oh, like a quote that I would say to you guys? Just a quote that you have for people or... So a quote that a dad should always have, and I'll speak a little bit about it. You can do it. A dad should always, always, always make his kids feel like they can do it. You can do it. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. You can do it. Um... And hopefully there's some passion behind that and that you give it your all. And um, I always try to teach my kids that it really doesn't matter if you win or lose as long as you give your best effort. But I think of the best thing a father can teach his son with passion involved is you can do it.
Okay. You can do it. Is, uh, I'm going to put you a spot again. Is there a quote you remember that your dad said to you that you kept with you for a long time? Again, and I think it's kind of part of what I try to teach my kids is um, my dad, my dad would teach me that you always have to give your best, always give your best, best effort. And if you give your best effort, the outcome really doesn't matter because you should be satisfied with that. Um, I don't really have a quote, but one thing that my dad, I've noticed with my sister and my brother and me, um, is he would adjust and to love the things that we loved. Like, for example, like a lot of the sports, like me, Jesse, and Lindsay played basketball, and I played football, Lindsay danced, but you were always there supporting. And uh, even when I like tried wrestling and lacrosse and like ran track, you learned to love it. And I just think that's what makes a great dad is they, they learn to love what their kids are doing and learn how to support them in that way. And maybe they won't, maybe before they didn't know much about um, those activities, but they learned to love them. Thanks, Char. For sure. So, <clears throat> like I do in all my podcasts, uh, I'm going to ask you, not, I'm going to ask you what's the spiciest thing that happened to you recently. But before, before I do that, um, like I did my last podcast with mom, um, so I did the year she graduated, and this year I'm going to do the year you were born. And this better be correct, because last time, in 1966, right? Okay, perfect. So in 1966, <laughs> a 12-year-old tries to melt herself to the Beatles. Beatlemania was in full swing in 1966, which is why a young girl named Carol Dryden decided to do whatever it took to meet the band. The 12-year-old apparently thought she had come with a perfect plan when she mailed herself to the group. She hid inside a tea chest, snugly lined with blankets and equipped with a flask for the trip. However, due to postal problem problems, she unfortunately ended up in a depot at Crew. She literally tried to mail herself to the Beatles. That's how crazy she was. That's weird. Like, isn't that crazy? That's weird. But before we say it's weird, <laughs> who would you mail yourself to, Dad? Um, Tom Brady. To be honest. <laughs> Why did you ask? <laughs> you knew it would be Tom Brady. Yep, I know you so well. That's funny. Uh, if I could mail myself to someone, oh, this is a hard question. Maybe, uh, as right now, maybe I'd mow myself to Ryan Smith and see what the future oh. holds for the Jazz and ask yeah. him some questions. Yeah. But, yeah, ask yourself. I know it's a little weird that she tried to mail herself, but who would you mail yourself to? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Dad, what's the spiciest thing that's happened to you recently? Okay, so I'm going to go this direction, Charlie. It's going to be food related, and this spicy is good. Good, good, good. Two spicy times that were super good. 
Charlie, Chrissy, and I went to Salt City Burger this past week, and we had Burger a, Company, I think, huh? right? Burger Co. Yeah, we had a hamburger, Charlie. We got the same thing. How good was it? It was really good. Just oh my! Before he moves on, this is located in Sandy. It had two pieces of onion rings, uh-huh. bacon, this chipotle sauce, this hamburger that was to killer good. <laughs> and how good was it? Charlie? It was so good. Have you ever had a better hamburger? I think I have, but I don't know no, where. You, got, you can't just say... You have to bring it the exact Okay, I will be honest. It's probably one of the best hamburgers I've had in it the was last unreal. three years. It was years. so good. It was really good. And then, yesterday, Charlie and I and Chrissy met up with Chrissy's sister, Sarah, and Travis. And we went to this food truck that does a fish fry. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. What's, what was it called? Oh, we need to know this. Uh, oh, man. Now, it was a little bit of a bummer because we wanted to visit with Sarah and Travis. And the weather was bad, right? It was super windy and started to rain. But how was that fish fry? Fish and chips. You don't call it fish fries. It's fish and chips. Oh, come on. Whatever. (laughs) Hey, it was good, right? We didn't know. We're trying to advertise this truck right now. We don't know the... Hey, so two very spicy, positive spicy things. Shoot, uh, next podcast, I will say the Fish and Chips Company. I just don't know the name right now. My mom knows it, but she's not in the room with us right now. But How about you, you Charlie? Uh, why do you guys do this to me? What's the spicy thing that has been to me recently? Well, actually... Me What's the spicy thing that's going to happen today? Oh, no. Stop. I, I do have a date today. Oh. That, well, oh, okay. Let's keep down the down low. That could be spicy. All right. Anyways, uh, the spiciest thing that happened to me was me and my dad actually went to a real game yesterday. That was and fun. my boss um, gave me some great tickets. It was like, I don't know, fourth row. They were so good. And I don't know if you guys know this. I'm not like a soccer fan, but... We live really close to the stadium now, and Real's legit. They're good. They're good, and I think they're like, we looked it up, I think they're second in the West right now, and they won 2-0, and it wasn't even that close. Like, they were killing. It was spicy. They were killing. They played the San Jose, San Jose something. It was packed. And it was packed. People are excited about Real. They played the drum, like, nonstop. (laughs) People are playing the drum. People be dancing behind the drum. I was like, I said to Charlie at one point, is that drum real? (laughs) Or is that like, is that like a microphone, you know, loudspeakered in? And he's like, Dad, look over there. And sure enough, there was like four guys just banging on a drum. The whole game. Yeah. Real fans are very... That was funny. They're very passionate. loud, passionate, and crazy. And honestly, you don't know that until you go to reality. Passion, man. And the man, a lot of them have jerseys and stuff. It was intense. I didn't know how passionate uh, Utah yeah, I was fans spicy. were about Real. That was good. Um, good. Very nice. Well said. Uh, all right. We're, we weren't sure we are going to talk about it, but I kind of feel like we have to. Uh, this is a spicy thing, and that's why I want to talk about it. And so it's about Stephen Curry's family situation. Well, not, yeah, his family situation. So I don't know if you guys know this, 
But his father, Dell, and I don't know his, his mom's name, but they got a divorce. And the spicy part about this is they are now dating. Um, they are both dating. But the spicy part is that the people they are dating are like their long like friends. They both went to Virginia Tech. Okay, they both went to Virginia Tech and they're, they're long. Del Curry was a basketball player. The guy's name, he played for New England. He, uh, Patriots, he was a football player. And they're both longtime friends. But the spicy part is the people they were dating got a divorce. Well, they did a wife swap. Basically. They swapped, basically. Does that make sense? So now Del Curry's dating that New England dude's wife. And Stephen Curry's wife's dating mom. Steph Steph, yeah, Steph Curry's mom's dating um, the New England fr friend. So, just so everyone can know about that, that's spicy. That is spicy. Too. And I think we can end on that. Honestly, uh, thanks, Dad. Uh, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Love you, Char. And have a spicy week. Goodbye. <laughs>